It's the cocktail hour that shakes and stirs up pharmacy. Welcome to PBN on the rocks. I actually shaved this morning. Oh, you did? <laughs> <laughs> was that was that to have less of a Paul Bunyan look, or was it? What are you drinking? Yeah, clean, clean shaven this morning. One drink of bourbon. This happens. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I've never had any luck growing a beard, and so it's good to know that it requires products, so. (laughs) All right, well, I will start off our traditional, what are you drinking? So, Jeremy, let's start with you. What are you drinking? Today, I'm drinking far different than what I drank beforehand. Today, I'm drinking the Lord Dr. Jeremy, not to be confused with the King Jeremy, which (laughs) has an orange in it. This is much more complex. This is a complex blend of whiskey and ice cubes it is jameson whiskey with very very important ice cubes that were frozen in a certain shape (laughs) do we dare ask what shape Uh, i got harry potter ice cube tray (laughs) (laughs) oh that's awesome spoken like a true muggle (laughs) what Just kidding, just kidding. Jeremy, what's your what's your Hogwarts house? Where did the sorting happen? Always represent. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay. I guess I could see that. All right. Well, Miguel, I mean, you're gonna have to follow Jeremy on that one. What's your Hogwarts? Oh, what's my house? I think I'd have to be Slytherin as a lawyer. I think yeah. that's <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we're misunderstood. That's yeah, it. yeah. Um, dark arts. I'm all about the dark arts. all right mr slytherin what are you drinking i am drinking two things one i am drinking a heavily caffeinated drink with it which is absolutely necessary all the time and in honor of the pbm on the rocks theme i have johnny walker black on the rocks which is not that hard to get here because you haven't been by our office i don't think Uh, michael wright has it stocked with a whole full bar practically and so i just it's nothing to go down the hall and grab a drink of choice tonight it's johnny walker black i love it you keep a bar stocked at work and then the pharmacy inspector got real mad (laughs) 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 the inspector said you are not mad men dear sir Luckily, Miguel, no on the other hand, that. yes, he can pull that off. He's a regular. You couldn't doctor. just tell him it was for use in making hand sanitizer. It's for the benzomycin. Yeah, yeah. y'all. Totes. <laughs> okay, I, I got it waved off. <laughs> Love it. All right, Leah, Miss Leah Allen. Yes, uh, ma'am. What are you drinking? Tell us about it. So I'm really not too much of a drinker and my brother went all out my brother is my business manager and he went all out for me and brought me I don't know if you can see it it's called on the rocks those are great I love it but he yeah. bought like seven of them says about me but yeah so I have a few but you I'm drinking the margarita one right now I love the margarita Full one to the face the espresso right. martini, one of those is fantastic. Oh, well, I, I got that one too. <laughs> so yes. They keep She's on sad. coming. She's that. All right, Ryan. Well, since you uh, since you spoke up about the espresso martini and we know you are not drinking an espresso martini, what are you drinking? No, and uh, I am on the road. I knew that I might be doing this this week, so I packed uh, some of my bourbon with me. 
Um, I have these little uh, travel pack called uh, Aged and Ore, but these little three ounce pours, so they're TSA approved. Packed four different ones, four different bottles of these, and uh, I got out here to Michigan and Monday. I'm down to my last one. So uh, my last one, I, I saved the best for last. So tonight I am drinking a, uh, a neat glass of Garrison Brothers Cast Strength. Figured if I was going to be doing this, I needed a strong one. So this one's coming in at 140.3 proof. Um, so I'll be enjoying some Garrison Brothers today. Nice. I must say that is a gorgeous color whiskey, bourbon, sorry, that you are drinking there. It's just, it's like almost the color of coffee from where I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. at it. it really like, does. It's like drinking uh, pecan pie. It's fantastic. Ooh. Excellent. Nice. That's some fancy boy stuff. So I think <laughs> last time. Um, so Shannon, what are you drinking tonight? And is it one of your own special concoctions? Oh, you know, I just create random things. <laughs> so tonight I've created another random thing. I decided to call it Twisted Energy. It has V8 Energy, which is orange pineapple. It has grapefruit vodka and champagne. A whole mini bottle of champagne. <laughs> there we Ooh, go. Twisted Energy. Really good. Sounds busy. <laughs> sounds energetic. You sound like one of those people, like if this was like a reality TV show, you'd be that chef where they're like, okay, here's what you've got. Eggs, peanut butter, mayonnaise, and tomatoes. Go. <laughs> make something just incredibly wonderful out of that. It's the Elvis. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. And I think I'm the last one to go. So tonight I am drinking a sidecar. So I like vintage cocktails. I looked this one up. I actually like this one in summertime, but it was alleged to have been invented at the Paris Ritz Carlton around world war one. And it can be made with bourbon, which is my favorite spirit, but with Ryan on tonight, I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to do this as it's traditionally designed, which is with cognac, lemon juice. And uh, it's supposed to be Cointreau, but I don't have any Cointreau. So I just, I used a Grand Marnier type liquor, but it's lovely and it's crisp. But I thought what would be fun uh, to kick off our conversation tonight, all filled with hate toward PBMs, (laughs) would be to have Leah tell us her story, because this is how we even got to meet you, and it is such a a terrible story. I was thinking about you yesterday when I was sitting in a stakeholder meeting with PCMA, CBS, and some other uh, PBM types. Um, Please tell us what happened not so long ago. So it's so long and convoluted. I'll try not to tell the (coughs) and a half hour version, but Back in December, the middle of December, I received a phone call from an insurance company and said, hey, you filled this prescription and we need you to reverse it. And I looked and it wasn't my patient. I didn't have any information. I was like, it's, that's not mine. And I thought they just called the wrong phone number or something. Things like that happen. You call the wrong place, whatever. So that was the end of that. The, the guy on the phone actually wasn't very nice. And he was like, well, I'm going to have to send this up to my manager. And I was like, uh, okay, like do what you got to do. So then I think it was after that, I, re- I received like a one page audit from them and they asked about a claim and the prescription number was a three digit prescription number. And I don't, mine are all six. I was like, I don't have, that's not my number. How can you up even have a three digit number? No. Like. No, 
those aren't, those aren't mine. So I ended up talking to somebody and said, the the lady that I talked to, she gave me more information. She gave me the patient name, patient date of birth, the NDC of the drug, none of which is in my computer system at all. Like I've never used that NDC ever. And so I'm like, I don't have this. So that was, like I said, middle of December, I didn't really write it down. I just, again, thought somewhere something's crossed, right? Because it just didn't make any sense. Then fast forward to, I think the very end of December, I received an audit from Optum. It had a bunch of prescription numbers that weren't mine, that were the three-digit prescription numbers, the three and four-digit prescription numbers, and then my prescription numbers. Okay, this is strange. I called my reconciliation company and said, am I getting paid for any three-digit prescription numbers? And they were like, nope. At this point, I don't think that they actually looked. I think they just said that. I should have done my own looking, honestly, in retrospect, but- You're busy. You got shit going on. Like, this is something that I would have immediately been like, because I all the time get calls from people where it's just like, hey, when was the last time this patient filled your pharmacy? I have no fucking clue who this person is. Mm -hmm. So no, don't blame yourself. This is something most of us would have just been like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Which is, so I, so I'm working on the audit in the middle of that and it's not relevant, but it is relevant. My, my dad passed away in the middle of that. So my unexpectedly, so my partner at my other store, I own two stores. He ended up calling and getting an extension on that audit. When I come back from work after my dad's funeral, it's the very next day and I'm catching up and just cleaning up. I've been out for a few days and I get a phone call from a pharmacy in the really the town over from us. And he said, Hey, we've been filling prescriptions using your NPI. So you should go look right now. Like right now you go look and see, because we're reversing things. And I'm like, time out. I don't know who you are. We're, we're pretty, I mean, I'm in a small County. We know who all those pharmacies are there. It's bigger, but it's not that big. And I'd never heard of this pharmacy before. So I was like, I'm going to do some some digging, hang up the phone, call my business manager, who's my brother, but said, hey, call the reconciliation company again and say, are we getting paid for any three-digit claims? He did. They said, yes, you are. Now they look and determine that, yes, I am. And so we immediately called um, Elevate. I'm with the Marisource Bergen. Call Elevate. The initial reaction was, you can't get paid for claims that aren't yours. So that didn't happen. We had to provide a report to them from the reconciliation company to prove that, yes, we were getting paid for claims that weren't ours. And so then it kind of took off from there. There's a flurry of phone calls and conversations. And I think that's, I don't remember exactly, Miguel, when the first time that I spoke with you, but just kind of in those early stages of trying to figure out what was going on. So the day that I was notified was the 12th. The Friday was the 13th. The, what was that? The 15th or whatever is Martin Luther King Day. We're closed. The Tuesday after that, we filled probably a record number of prescriptions. Super crazy busy. There had been a another audit that was put on my desk and I didn't notice it. Shuff, you know, put all those papers together. So on Wednesday, of that week is whenever I'm finally looking through that and realize that, oh, there's another audit. This is a, this is a, you know, from another PBM has now sent me an audit. CBS has now sent me an audit. 
I immediately contact them because something was supposed to have already been turned in. And so I said, I'm so sorry. I just got this. I'll, I'll, they want to know my wholesalers. So I'm, I'll get you that. And it just turned into this big thing where on 17th of January, put on payment suspension, the 19th of January, I received notice that I would be um, adjudication suspended. So I've been suspended from adjudication since the 20th, effectively, of January. So today was 24 days of no adjudication, no payment. The other pharmacy had been furiously reversing claims. And so I got a notice basically saying, you reversed $25,000 worth of claims. Why didn't you reverse all $36,000 worth of claims? Because they're not mine. And I couldn't do that if I tried. And it's it's just been a comedy of errors ever since where they have not believed what I had to say. And I had to um, get legal representation, which is, which I'm thankful for that. They've been, they've been a godsend. I think we got a notice tonight that they're working on lifting the suspension, which I'm sure is checking a box on something, some screen on their computer. Fuck them. I've transferred out, I think over 500 prescriptions um, that we've transferred out. We've have a lot of patients that have chosen to just use our in-house discount. If it's a, a less expensive generic to, to just do that rather than having to travel. My other pharmacy that I own is 12 miles away. I'm the next closest pharmacy. And I was like, wait a minute, are they going to be upset that I'm sending people to my other pharmacy? Uh, I mean, you know, full disclosure, that's, that's where people are probably going to go. There's a couple, there's a couple there. They've, we've transferred out to all over the place. But that's kind of the, the, the nutshell is that everybody that I talked to says, oh, this can't happen, but it did happen because oh, they pay solely off the NPI. There's no other data that is matched. You know, the pharmacy address, pharmacy phone number, any of that isn't matched either. It's, it is strictly the NPI. So. Well, that shows you how easy it is to, you know, run a scam on them. Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And that, what do they care? Like it's, they don't care. Like, they're not going to jump in there and fix it. It no. doesn't bother them. And, and the crazy thing is that the, through no fault of her own, all of Leah's patients are uh, now out of luck in terms of being able to to get the medicine they need. You know, not nothing she did wrong, but because CVS doesn't want to bother just taking a common sense view of what was going on, they just flip the turn off switch. How is that helping? Uh, patients, not at all. Yeah. This, no. this was a I'm simple problem to fix, and they didn't even try. I'm reminded of sitting in stakeholder meetings last year. We were trying to run a patient steering bill in Arizona. You know, over and over, what we heard from the opposition was, "Oh, but we're partners to pharmacy. <laughs> we love our pharmacies. They're the way that we're able to do our job." And then you tell this story. Uh, it, it's like so unbelievable, you know, how they will, you know, stand there in front of governing bodies and say the, these things that you just know are not true, right? It's, oh, really? You respect the pharmacy. So you're going to what not help them because someone else was using their number. And this was a, let's just say kindly, it's a mix up. Sounds a little weird. Like maybe you were the victim of some strange thing that was going on. Either way, it wasn't you, right? You're there doing your business. You've got this reconciliation company. You've got patients to serve. Your patients depend on you. 
you know, you think that if they were your partner, they'd be like, oh my God, that's horrible. How can we help you? It'd be like a credit card company being all like, oh, sorry. Well, yeah, you're the victim of identity theft, but sucks to be you. And we'll get to you when we can. They've got a whole, you know, campaign that they do around like, you know, use us because you will never be responsible. No, here's, you know, those. It's, it's full on like, you know, good fellas. We're just like, Hey, if y'all take these DIR fees from me, it's, you know, it's, gonna cause some cash flow issues for me and they're like haha fuck you pay me (laughs) they don't care it's all money to them well and i don't i probably left some pieces out like i i went through the audit and the audit came back completely that nothing they have no findings on my pharmacy so which i I was shocked i but that's how it the, the audit came back and then i submitted a check to them to repay funds that you know a bunch of things a bunch of claims reversed but there were some that were not. And so I sent them a check for that. Last I had heard they had lost the check. I don't know if they found the check, um, even though I have confirmation that they received it. So oh, do not resend that. Um, so there's that. <laughs> and then that they wanted a, they wanted a police report and a state board complaint. And, you know, everything, everything that they've asked to be done has been done. So did they asked for the blood of your firstborn. Uh, they did not. They probably, I mean, it's probably in an email somewhere that I missed. Wait, shouldn't they be the one <laughs> reporting to the state board? I, I made the complaint, but I was like, I don't really know. I mean, I'm making a complaint because I'm being asked to make a complaint. Funds were put into my account. I couldn't have turned away those funds if I tried. I, I mean, yeah, I not... they have complete control of our banking accounts. Yeah. Like, they can do whatever they want. Yeah, but I think it's interesting that they never uh, admitted that they are at fault because they're able to process the claim they took in and put it into your account. That's their fault. <laughs> That's Carebark's fault for setting up a system that way. So I, I'm surprised they're not pointing the finger at themselves. Are you though? <laughs> I can't believe yeah, NPI is their only verification. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Ryan, you look like none of this is surprising you at all. I've been, uh, I guess, kept up to speed with all this. Tyler called me and he said, you're not going to believe this. And I didn't. I mean, I've never heard of anything like this happening. And on top of that, just being cut off completely, not being able to transmit. Think about what if, what if Leah hadn't had a second store 12 miles down the road? and not being able to actually have a backup plan to have, I mean, she, it's still the inconvenience of having to go through it and transmit uh, her other scripts at the other pharmacy. But what if there was only just one pharmacy that was available? And well, they send out, her buyout offer is what they do. Uh, the, I mean, she starts out the, the first of the year losing, you know, X amount worth of scripts just right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. So at least there was, in, in her case, luckily there was a backup pharmacy that she could transmit through but not everybody has more than one pharmacy i agree very lucky this is during the period where we're all crunched from dirs being taken out i for a week i gave out scripts to people just assuming that it would get cleared up and so i'm just taking care of my patients and saying you know what we'll bill it and we'll get your copay whenever we get situated and i mean that started january the 20th so i've been sitting on these scripts forever just waiting for the time when I can build their insurance and get straight. And, and my, my patients have been amazing. I mean, they've been so, you know, willing and accommodating, which, which I really, really appreciate, but 
the nightmare of what's to come when we do get released and we're able to go back and bill those. I just, I hope that my system allows me to do it or I can figure out a way to backfill all those claims because some of them have subsequently, because we're, we're, we've moved around to a new cycle. So like if they were 30 day supplies, they're ready for their other one. And some of them have already, you know, needed refills. So I'll cross that bridge whenever I get there, but there's a lot, there's a lot still left to fix, but hopefully we're seeing a light at the end of the tunnel because it's, that's been a very dark tunnel for a very long time. So I hope that, you know, whatever it was that you saw today actually does pan out and that you are able to get back into the system. It's, it's frustrating. You know, you think about like, we live in a world now where you can pay someone instantaneously through Zelle or, or Venmo. It really shouldn't be a, we're working on it, you know, kind of situation when it comes to turning back on your ability to submit claims and be paid for the work that you do. But I'm going to guess know. that CBS's billions were not spent on their payment processes. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> I would imagine. And, and I know that, that many of you guys know Benjamin Jolly and, and I mean, he's been great and, and we've, we've communicated back and forth and he asked me to jump on a call yesterday with, I think it was at the NCPDP or somebody to talk about some of these things to try to get some, I, he was uh, advocating for two-factor identification you know, but there's something, some other procedure other than just paying strictly off of an NPI. So a really smart way to put somebody out of business and very quickly do so. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's what it I was would, thinking. Yeah. Like you can get someone in real trouble by doing that. Like it's very vulnerable. Very, very. And they, they're not likely to believe you. I have, I have a lot of documentation. Um, you know, I gave them timeline of what happened when. They claimed that that I was notified in December whenever I received a phone call. I was like, I never was no, that what doesn't constitute notification. Nobody knew what was going on, but yeah, you know, this is you the same billion dollar companies that rely on fax machines. I mean, come on. Oh, they they love relying on fax machines. They know we're just going to throw out half of what they send. Who reads it? Yeah. Who uses faxes? Like user agreements. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for just talking about it. And, you know, we're just all of us, all of us, not just the people here tonight, but like all of us are so on your side about this. And there isn't anybody, I promise, who's listening, who doesn't know someone who's going through something similar like that. It's, it's frustrating. It's really frustrating. And what's really, really frustrating is the marketing, the lobbyists, the messaging, the lies, you know, about how, no, it's all about patients. It's all about our provider relationships we respect patients we respect you know the pharmacies here in arizona we're trying to get a, a regulation bill our regulation bill by the way which is based uh, on michigan's bill ryan since you're there we, this is a very small bill and it is really only about one thing and one thing only and that is putting pbms in a place where they can be held accountable if they do something that is harmful and in these meetings yesterday, it was bizarre watching the other side spin these arguments and talk about how it was very circular about how, no, if something goes wrong, it's not our fault. You have to take that to the insurer because we're just these third party contractors, even though pay no attention to the fact that the people sitting at the table with us are actually owners of major PBMs, just on and on and on. At one point, the lobbyist 
said, though I'm not sure that she was aware that she was saying it, she said it was about shifting responsibility off PBMs and onto the insurers. And by the way, there's a law for that, which there's not. The Arizona Department of Insurance can't right now. They have no jurisdiction over PBMs, but it's that kind of thing where, you know, it's, it's coming right out of their mouth. We're really trying to avoid accountability for this because we shouldn't be held accountable because, you know, hey, we're just the third party administrator. Not our fault. They've always wanted to be anonymous. They don't want to be right out front. They also they'll it's either the pharmacy and provider's fault or it's the insurer's fault, but it's never their own fault. So they would prefer to stay in the shadows. I love it when they blame the insurer. We passed on 99% of the rebate to ourselves. And I'm glad the politicians finally wise up and they're seeing the shield game. That hearing was great. They were just like, oh, okay, so you're doing this. Yeah, but we're we're not dumb. We know exactly what you're doing. Like, yeah. It, uh, <laughs> it yeah. drives me insane. And like, this is a Senate hearing. These are some brought, brought people. You're not going to get a bomb. They really did seem to not be buying, you know, what at least Casey Mulligan was selling over there. Like, oh, yeah, no, uh, it's just like Costco. Costco does this. It's like we're like Costco. We're just like Costco. Uh, uh, Except for that. Own Costco actually buys things. They selling. co-opted our buying power. We're the ones actually spending money and capital on this stuff. And they're like, oh, well, I guess that's ours now. Fuck them. <laughs> yes, yeah, what Jeremy said. <laughs> it was a great hearing. I mean, if, if any of the listeners haven't seen it yet, it, it's worth seeing. It was such a great, you know, bipartisan uh, uh, exposure of PBM practices. And the witnesses were phenomenal. Dr. Pat, who's testified here in Texas many times, uh, she's a f- fantastic witness. And she she hit the nail on the head with a, a great patient story of a farm that to one of her patients. And that was very enlightening. But she also said about how on these DIR fees, they're grading her. She's an oncologist. She has an oncology pharmacy that's focused on on the, that type of medicine to her patients. And that she's graded on hypertension adherence and diabetes adherence. I mean, these are, she, she may have some role in that and dispensing those kind of medicines, but why is she be being graded on those things for DIR fees? She had testified in Texas that her practice she's with is paying about a million dollars a month on DIR fees. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, and it, she was a great witness. Too, by the way, that's just what, that's one practice paying that. Think of all the other oncology practices, all the pharmacies, there's so much money. And last time I checked, healthcare premiums are not lower for anybody. You know, there no. was not that long ago, there was, you know, conversation about social security and Medicare being on the chopping block, right? Ostensibly, Medicare wouldn't be if all these DIR fees were, going where we are told they are supposed to be going well yeah. also we shouldn't have to subsidize all that shit we pay and we're underpaid as it is and then they take out the hour fees it's criminal <laughs> I, I was told that that i was charged the other pharmacies dir fees so we oh, haven't oh. Even, oh we God. haven't even had a chance to parse all that stuff out to see what what's going to hit us in that regard and who knows how that's going to how we're going to recoup that. I mean, oh my gosh. yeah. Mm. That's wow. like a, that's like what I was like, you mean there's more? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Worse, right? that's, that's what I'm scared of is I'm sure there's things out there that I just haven't even had a chance. We've been trying. So number one, working so hard every day to take care of patients 
to figure out because every day is a new phone call of we're not up yet. What do you want to do? You know, trying to manage the patients that we work so hard at work. And then, you know, I try to do other things, but I, there's so much stuff that's just kind of gone undone. I just have to get to it when I get to it kind of a thing. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah so much fun. I mean, all these uh, ways that PBMs are supposed to be making your life easier. You know, they're supposed to be making your life easier. They respect you. <laughs> they're your partner. I feel they, that. Yeah, I feel that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They're really good at, uh, I think Miguel, you and I talk about this from time to time. They like make up stuff just right on the spot. Like, oh, that's not working. I'll just say this over here, this other completely wild, incredibly untrue thing. And the people who are on the side of data facts, you know, which is usually the side of the table that I'm sitting on, just sit there and are like, I can't believe this. Like I'm always, always, always thinking, my mom told me, never to lie. Like I was raised not to do that. And I cannot imagine what these people are doing. Like, do their parents know they do this? <laughs> I, I mean, watching that hearing, you, you kind of hear some of the same talking points. Uh, Mulligan was basically the one that was testifying for the PBMs there, but you, typically you're, when they're, they're testifying, I think it'd be a great drinking game to, to watch this testimony and hear every time they say they're saving money, someone money but they don't substantiate that in any way just take another drink (laughs) (laughs) because we would be blitzed within 15 minutes (laughs) it won't won't be long (laughs) yeah episode three that's not a bad idea what we should do is we should convene a, a meeting where we're all watching and then that's what we do and then we can't play that and game. reacting it will have great yeah. reactions oh it'd be yeah, like like mystery a... science theater right like, <laughs> we're like watching P- it in P- real time and bingo <laughs> <laughs> i mean mulligan was just put there to uh give an excuse to go after Lena Khan because that's what they wanted to do a little bit because the Republicans really want to go after PBMs, but also Lena Khan's a boogeyman to them right now. So it, there was a little bit of like back and forth with that. So I, I think Mulligan was there to do all that because I, I thought it was illegal to lie to Congress. Like I <laughs> well, thought I it was. That. But they go up and they say these things and they're like, well, in my opinion, it's just, and it's just completely disproven nonsense. And they do it every single hearing. And they act like they're being like, it's so disingenuous. They know they're not right. Yeah. Like I'd be scared to death a lot of Congress. Yeah. I didn't hear many much credence being given to his testimony, really. Uh, it just, I think he was just there to make sure it, there was a balance. Uh, so to speak, in the hearing. Erin Trish was fantastic. I've seen her, uh, I've seen some of her reports she was referencing. She's a great, uh, she has some great research. It's just Trish was really awesome. exposed to everything. Yeah, I think it is. That really, it's so huge to have someone like USC and Dr. Trish, you know, coming out and just saying, you know, from that, it is truly like an objective point of view. USC has no dog in this fight. You know, I, I actually have great respect for the work Three Axis does, but I can see why PCMA with their, um, who's their consulting group, Visante or something like that. The first thing they always come out and say is, oh, this is them paying for their own research. You can't trust it, blah, blah, blah. One of the great things about USC is that no one can really say that. Their credentials in this area are unimpeachable. Exactly. Yeah. Ron, yeah. you're really quiet. 
tell me about things that make you fucking upset up in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> tell us about your wedding and the bourbon cake. So um, I got married back in November. And um, the- uh, Congratulations. Well, thank you. What, what we did was my wife and I, actually my wife and I met at a bourbon education class. I was nice. teaching bourbon 101 at my sister's house. She'd been my sister's best friend for like eight years and we've never really met. Um, but I was teaching bourbon 101 there and, uh, was your beard not, just as glorious? Did yeah. you just say you were teaching it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I teach oh it. So I, motherfuckers I, like Ron Swanson over here. <laughs> <laughs> I was also, I was also building a chair. Holy <laughs> was. Uh, so anyways, we, uh, in October, there's an old bourbon, wife's tale that if you take a bottle of bourbon and you go to the side that you're going to get married in and you bury it upside down you're guaranteed fantastic weather hey miguel how's the weather at my wedding it was fantastically cold and rainy (laughs) (laughs) so so we buried this bottle 30 days prior Uh um i got married on a Friday, Thursday, we were out there. It was 85, beautiful. Friday, uh, Veterans Day, um, it is 45 and (laughs) cold and rainy. But the bottle, we had to go, had to go dig it up because you also Yes, I wanted to know about I was going to ask that. What happened? (laughs) So we go to dig up, well, I say we, like there's a mouse in my pocket or something. I go to dig up this This is boom. (laughs) So here's what's fun. I'm in my suit and it's like misty raining. I can't find the bottle. (laughs) I'm digging holes all over this place. It was like, if you remember that Disney show holes, that's me. I'm digging all over the place. We go back and and look at this grandpa. Oh yeah. And we go back and look at the original pictures that we took to where we buried it. And then like looking at this and looking at the ground and my wedding coordinator is like dig right there. And sure enough, we, we finally found it, but yeah, it took me like 15 minutes. <laughs> well, you minutes had told me when you guys were doing all this, you told me about this, which is why I wanted to know. And you made the comment that you had, didn't you like pay or say something to the wedding into like the venue like oh. no one can know you did it in secret so that <laughs> yeah. no one would dig up your bottle <laughs> yeah they were like Let, let's let's post this on social media i'm like i got 150 dollars in the ground <laughs> <laughs> can we post it after i get married <laughs> oh that's cool shit i would damn if i was gonna leave it there i was gonna get <laughs> i found that <laughs> Yeah, if only Mother Nature hadn't been in a vodka mood. Maybe. It would. <laughs> yeah, so. Well, my whole thing is he buried the bottle, and then it started doing all that crap. No, of course you can dig it back up. We made yeah. a deal. Fucking <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> she reneged. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm PDF. She reneged. <laughs> no, I, th- I thought I was here to talk about bourbon. <laughs> Also, you're from Michigan. You look like you're wearing a Texas Tech shirt. No, I'm, I'm from Texas. I'm working oh, in Michigan okay. this week. Yeah, I am. Uh, I live in San Antonio, but uh, like Mr. Lavoy, our president of American Pharmacy, so says, if you know 
as much about pharmacy and American pharmacies as you do about bourbon, we'd be unstoppable. (laughs) (laughs) How's that going, by the way? What's your knowledge of American pharmacies and pharmacy on the spectrum of how much you know about bourbon? Well, and, and, you know, I go all the way back. I started in pharmacy when I was 16 and uh, delivery boy, uh, soda fountain, worked at soda fountain and did that for nine years in independent retail pharmacy. And, and just thinking about, I still remember when I had to, uh, I think we all do, when we had to like manually submit claims and we're getting these uh, AWP minus like 11, we're like, are you kidding me? I got, I got to give up 11%. It's just amazing where, where it is today. And uh, I spent 12 years at Amerisource Bergen after that. And then I'm about to finish up my 12th year at American Pharmacies already. Uh, actually, it's April 1st. I don't know who the joke actually was on, the, <laughs> on, on who hired who. We still haven't figured that one out. But uh, just, I mean, for me, just seeing where, where the whole transmission of claims has gone to and, and thinking that it was just PCS at one point in time and, and where it is today. And it's, it's just uh, amazing to me seeing this and, and growing up in an independent pharmacy and luckily that pharmacy's still out there and, and still pumping out scripts and doing what it needs to do. And independent pharmacies are, are just the lifeblood of America. And uh, we do everything we can in American pharmacies to help keep these pharmacies, these doors open, all the bills that we file, finding, you know, we start out in Texas, banded into, we've done stuff in Arizona, New Mexico, uh, the big bill that you were talking about in Michigan, as uh, Miguel calls it, his kitchen sink bill, uh, anything and everything that we could think of to, to put in that bill to help with Michigan's bill put into that one. So that's where it has to go. It's when we can't make changes here and there on these state levels, you've got to go to that federal level and start going after them at the Capitol. And you guys know, we just now moved into Washington uh, with our new lobbying company. We've been very successful on this, on the state level. I think uh, we've passed close to 17 bills at this point in time. So I'm looking forward to seeing what we're gonna be able to do on the national level. And that's just where it has to be, is that you know we can, we can fuss and fight about this all day long. Kind of like, I mean, these guys aren't even in the shadows anymore. They are just, blatantly doing these things right out in the open just they like Jeremy's talking about it's just like Jeremy's talking about yeah it's just they'll say whatever they want to say it, it's been shocking to me to see where how far pharmacy's gone but uh we're hoping to get some uh changes coming out of Washington going forward so that's that's pretty much where I am on my take on pharmacy and and where we're headed but we, we've got to fight you know I had this bill that was passion passed in Michigan it doesn't go into effect for two years, which is crazy that a bill gets passed and it doesn't go into effect for two years. And I've had some people tell me, it's like, well, what's the point? Well, the point was you got to start somewhere. What if that bill wasn't passed last year? We'd still be at ground one waiting for something to happen two years from now. Yep. So we've got to make a difference. We've all got to get together and fight. You know, I said, I started a long time ago. It was 1990. I started and I remember we were concerned about you know, Joe's pharmacy down the street. And we weren't paying attention to CVS and Walmart and all the other chains that were out there. We didn't realize that was our competition. It wasn't your independent down the street and independents have to bond together and come together to make a difference. So the more I learn about this, the more I, I, I discover how 
very hamstrung the independent pharmacy industry has been. When I first started at Putt, and this was like seven years, 2016, it was 2016 is when I started. I became the executive director at the end of 2017. And I, we would, I remember being on calls where someone would dutifully read the anti-collusion statement. And I didn't understand what that was about until one day someone explained to me that you have to read that because if pharmacies, if independents start talking to each other, it could be construed as collusion, which is just insane. Someone that kept everyone shut up for a long time. It, it, it now, did. now it no did. one cares. Now everyone openly talks about this stuff because our back's against the wall. Well, yeah. I mean, look at what happened to Leah. I mean, you know, she's got to, she's got to speak out. Leah, by the way, um, we all have mutual friends. So uh, I have an attorney friend here in Phoenix, Mark Bozen, who's just amazing. And I saw him at the stakeholder meeting. We were, we chatted after the meeting about, you know, a little bit about your sisters, all within the confines of respectful, like, sure. you know, sure. violating attorney private, just so everyone who's listening knows it wasn't that kind of conversation. <laughs> but, you know, like his take on the situation, he was just like, I love something you said. He was like, well, you know how big that care marks in Phoenix for anyone who's listening, but he's like, you know how big that building is. They should just go check the mail room for the check. And I'm like, right, right. <laughs> but you know, it's like, no, they're not going to do that. They're going to, they're going to take their sweet time because they respect you so much. And because they're all about great patient outcomes and you're their partner. <laughs> like, well, you know, partners like that, I, I think we'd all be better off just going back to the days of, you know, they're not being PBMs, although there's got to be a better way than, than what we're dealing with now. Well, don't um, say that online. You'll get banned. Oh, well, <laughs> God forbid that putt should be canceled. <laughs> you sound like you speak from experience, Jeremy. Oh, oh I've definitely been banned from Twitter. <laughs> Jeremy, tell us about that time you got kicked off Twitter and if you've ever been restored. I'm going to do it every episode now. <laughs> <laughs> Get it drunk and bitch about the fact episode. that they banned my account. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go after CVS too hard. They'll complain. All that little thing about they should be burned to the ground. My goodness. Some bot. Well, he didn't say should. He, said, he didn't even say should. He said that he looked forward to watching I looked them forward to watching them burn to the ground. How's that not hyperbole? <laughs> <laughs> Protected under the rules. But no, fuck Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, I liked it when last week when you said you even bought a Tesla to try to get back on Twitter. <laughs> no, right I had there. a Tesla beforehand. Yeah. But I should get some kind of favorable treatment. <laughs> the sweet, uh, innocent Jeremy trying to do the right thing. I'm sorry, did and you just tweeting put the guillotines at certain executives in the same sentence as your own name? I was going to say something about that, Shannon. Sweet and innocent. Um, I'm, there's another Jeremy out there. <laughs> yes, 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 indeed. All right. Well, I'm I'm all I'm all about that future drinking game where we convene our panel and we diss on all the things that PBMs are saying about why they're so good and how they help everybody. Uh, one of the things that's been on our mind this week is that not very subtle rebrand they're trying to do is pharmacy benefit companies. Like <laughs> some focus group somewhere said, you know what? Change out manager for companies. That'll explain everything. The mystery will be solved. They tried to do a thing on a few tweets where they call themselves a patient benefit company. I thought and they were doing they that. They got mm-hmm. flamed for it so hard they stopped doing it. It was because ba- once they start claiming they're a patient specialist. benefit company, then they can't make the arguments that well that that they always fall back to is 
in the end, well, the employer is actually the people who hire them. So that's who they have a responsibility to. Once they start saying that they're patient benefit companies, they can't make that argument. So they yeah, stop doing it. I think they don't like the name PBM anymore. I think it's got such a bad rap. They want to be PBCs now because yeah, PBCs I know. Like that's going to change it. <laughs> no. They, they, that, I mean, that means somebody's whatever and it working because they can do anything without impunity. Like they can ignore any laws. That's why Ron, when you were talking about like, we pass these state laws and they take it while to get into effect. Then they just ignore them for a few years until you challenge them legally. And then they'll ignore it for a little longer. And that's why it's so important that you have to start fighting right now and get the gears rolling and also try to get something done nationally. It's, it's a slow process because they don't have to do shit over fuck because they own the game. It's a con, yeah, it's a constant battle. It's, it's just, you know, you move one chess piece and then they uh, go ahead and, and take your, your piece and you've got to figure out another piece to move. But the thing is, is that it's the constant battle, the constant fight, never giving up and taking it at these guys. And just, it, that's what it just all comes down to is never giving up and continuing to fight them because We've got to keep these independent pharmacy doors open. Uh, independent pharmacy means tons to me growing up in it and, and being around them for the last 30 plus years. Fight just has to continue and it never stop. Absolutely. Like I, I was there for the beginning. I, I remember whenever people would just be like, yeah, you know, I don't want this generic. I'm just going to pay out of pocket for brand because brands weren't all that expensive. It was part D and the rise of everything, making everything so convoluted that you couldn't follow it, that led to all these prices that were insane. Pharmacy was not that out of the way back in the day. Leah, do you remember that? How long have you been around? I've been a pharmacist for 20 years, but I was yeah. a tech for probably 10 years before that. So yeah, it's been a long time. I, my thought with my fight, particularly for many weeks at the beginning, I was like, I, I can't go up against them legally. I can't really, I can't afford to battle it, you know, in the courts, but, you know, I, I guess I can fight it out in the court of public opinion if I want to. And so that's kind of been the angle that I've taken is just, you know, I felt like that probably I needed to stay quiet or whatever. And I just kind of have changed my mind and been like, you know what, I just got to start, I got to start speaking up. I don't, I really I mean, don't that's have the a whole only lot. way that people get their drugs approved now. It's going to social media. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's, story that... about the one-year-old that had been on oh. medication for a, basically what was essentially a birth defect her entire life. And her the parents doctor who moved that because claim a job to the peer -to -peer and the, the be PBM kept jail. denying. It was awful. Yeah. The doctor had to go to social media. Yeah. We talked about that in the stakeholder meeting yesterday. One of the points that I was trying to make in this bizarre circular argument about the patients who have problems can just go to the insurance company because the insurance company contracts with the PBM, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> this whole argument about there's a strategy, an actual strategy, and we all know it. And that is if you can't get something done, you go to social media and by God, something will get done. You know, the moment I said that, one of the PBM representatives immediately said, yes, we know about that strategy. We're trying to avoid that strategy that I'm like, then agree to the bill. <laughs> <laughs> this is not hard. Agree to the bill. It's real small. It just says if you do something wrong and according to you guys, you never do anything wrong. What's going to be the problem? If you never do anything wrong, you'll never run afoul of this law. Monique, quit being a brand terrorist. 
It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. You know, I, I, I don't think of myself as being especially smart. I do think of myself as being a member of the marketplace and two things I got out of my, my MBA program. The first one was the answer is always, it depends. And the second one is you are not smarter than the market. So Mm. don't try. And that's the thing. Like the market is smart. You know, Miguel mentioned this. He was saying like PBMs, it's not a great name now. And that jury that, you know, we're now fighting in the court of public opinion is getting larger. Yep. People know what PBMs are. They're getting smart to this. They don't like the runaround. Yes, They're but changing the word manager to company is not going to help. That is the that's asinine. Thing. That is truly the worst branding idea ever. I, I don't know who they hired. I'm who sure is their PR person? Yeah, they paid them a billion dollars. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, here's the idea, company. We use the word company. You know. Where's my check? things are starting to really shift whenever the politicians are and both parties are ignoring drug companies which has been the easiest thing to beat up on forever and are going after the pbms now (laughs) you know things have shifted so this is going to be fun to play out we just got to make sure enough pharmacy survives because they're going to drag this fight out yeah Yeah. i saw saw their thing about the independent pharmacy industry is thriving i'm like you guys are shameless this is like going after your grandma or the lemonade stand you know (laughs) they they're using what was it it was the ncpdp data wasn't it yeah and yeah oh my god a bunch of those are pharmacies that don't even exist and they're using this bullshit like they throw out these things and it's been disproven over and over again and they still use it as talking points in front of lawmakers it, I particularly like when they cite data that's from 2017. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it hasn't changed that's drastically since then. I particularly like when they make up data and no one asks them for the source. I always have to give the source. Last time, you like I AWP? They, they, you know, I was in this meeting and they were like, independent pharmacies are thriving. State of Arizona has 250. 50 independent pharmacies. I'm like, yeah, they don't. We have less than a hundred. What they're like, well, what's your source? Well, my source is this survey that was just done by the National Community Pharmacy Association. What's your source? They don't have to answer that question. It's just, you know, but look, you know, my source is I did more prescriptions this year than last year and I made less. Woo! <laughs> Which is also the unfortunate, you know, thing. But I see we're coming to the end of our drinks. Um it's so much fun to have this conversation with you guys, Leah. Regardless of what happens, we've got a great campaign plan for what's been going on with you, Shannon and I and our board. You know, we talked about that. That for, for the people who are listening, I think everyone's familiar with that. If you are listening to this podcast, but if you're just meeting us for the first time, we are a 501c3. We are entirely funded by uh, donations from our independent pharmacy members and from members of the public. But this is what we do. We take information like what happened to you and we get it out there because it's one of those stories that you wouldn't believe. You would not believe in the 21st century, 20% of the way into the 21st century, that this kind of thing would be happening. Like you can magically mail money in, in seconds, but you can't get your ability to bill for prescription that you, you know, have dispensed for reasons that have nothing to do with you. You can't get that resolved. Even even in the amount of time it would take normally for a bank to release a check hold, which is what ten thousand years ago it was what seven days or something. Yeah, yeah. but y'all, thank See, you. If for this doesn't on. resolve tomorrow, I'm going to make another account just to go after them so hard it gets banned for you. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you. I'll say some I, really horrendous things too. I am in the headquarters <laughs> of one of the major PBMs. Just saying, if anyone needs me to throw a, you know, dog poo bag that's on fire <laughs> at the door, I'm here for you. Taking a page I'm out of Jeremy's that. book, are you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got four dogs and, you know, I'm happy to put that to you. So just saying, if you need that, let me know. I'm here for you. This has been the most fun conversation I've had in a long time. It has been such a pleasure tonight to spend time with y'all. Yeah, enjoyed it. Thank you, guys. Enjoyed it. Cheers, y'all. To learn more about Pharmacists United for Truth and Transparency and how you can help fight PBM abuse of our healthcare system, visit our website at truthrx.org.